Welcome to another episode of the Speed Change Repeat podcast. Today, uh, with Wolfgang Gestrein, who is um, the CEO of uh, VTU Engineering. Hello, Wolfgang. Yeah, hi. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> yeah, so um, we are going to talk about, well, first of all, I mean, before we come to um, the company that you are fortunate enough to lead, we obviously uh, want to know who, uh, who you are as a person, uh, where you come from, kind of to understand what, what your background is. And um, yeah, so it would be great if you could, uh, yeah, for our listeners, kind of give an introduction or kind of in a storytelling way, um, yeah, tell us uh, who you are, where you come from, and uh, how you ended up basically being the CEO of, of, of this company now. Yeah, Jonathan, um, I'm, I'm Tyrolean. Um, I'm 53 years old and I was born in Reute, which is um, in the northern part of Tyrol. And after school, I moved to Graz, where I studied process engineering and chemical engineering. And I did my diploma thesis already for VTU engineering, and it was on the, on the field of biodiesel development, which was uh, quite interesting at this time, uh, biodiesel first generation until 1994 and in 1994 I joined I directly joined VTU engineering I was the 11th employee in VTU and right now we are nearly 700 so there's been quite a progress and quite a development since then and at VTU I begin I began as a process engineer at the, in, in the first projects were in the field of biodiesel but Pretty soon I changed to, um, to, to the pharmaceutical industry, mainly the API production, um, where, I had, where I had different stages for different companies until I moved to Germany in 1998 with the engineering of a big antibiotics plant. And there I became the, yeah, the managing director of VTU Germany and um, since then VTU Germany also grew pretty pretty large it's almost 200 um, employees right now and yeah we are we are doing all the different engineering works beginning with base load engineering which is very near to the customer and small to medium projects but up to really large EPCM projects with about 350, 400 million euros of total capex spent, where we where we are a one-stop shop, so we do all the engineering which is necessary for the for for these projects and for our customers. Right. So um, let's for let's for our listeners to understand um, really. Um, what is it essentially what is essentially the business model to go a little bit more into detail of a vtu in the sense of also kind of uh, grasping the idea i mean you already said uh, how many employees you guys have but to also understand of okay how big of a company are you guys who are basically your customers and and what what exactly is basically the the end-to-end -end service offering of you guys Mm -hmm. Yeah, the basic idea was developed in the, in, the, in the 80s and the early 90s to found a company which uh, provides engineering for services for our customers because there you could all, uh, already identify a trend that uh, the, big, um, the, the, the big production um, companies uh, that they 
begin to outsource their own engineering um, in, into to, and, and going to buy these engineering services from external suppliers and this was the idea to found um, an engineering company by ourselves and to provide these services and we began with the basic engineering the process engineering of biodiesel plants and developed pretty quickly into pharmaceutical and api and always enhanced our um, our portfolio of supply in different branches, in different geographical regions, beginning with Austria, then we jump to Germany, to Switzerland, to Italy, to Romania, to Poland. With um, now we have 27 subsidiaries in these different countries to provide the services directly for our customers. And during the last 10 years, we began to develop a business model uh, in the EPCM, meaning engineering, procurement and construction management as a holistic approach where we provide all the services which are necessary to erect a huge industrial production plant. Our core services are the project management, are the, the process engineering, the three-dimensional, the detail engineering, the construction management, the GMP services for our pharmaceutical customers and then the startup support and other disciplines for example hvac or or civil engineering there we have our partners to provide these one-stop shop services okay so meaning that uh the let's say if, if uh, a company such as uh, uh buyer for example or evonik um, is um, uh, planning to build a new let's say plant uh, then the um, the entire let's say planning of this plant in terms of also the, the project management of let's mm -hmm. say getting this um, having it from the first day of let's say planning to it actually being let's say uh, uh, let's say being active um, and in terms of also designing the entire processes of these plants and stuff like that that is that is your part and but the actual building so let's say the physical the physical component to that. That is that is um, that is not your part, right? Exactly. Okay. You described this exactly, Jonathan. We do the engineering, the planning. So <laughs> we produce paper. This is what we produce, and um, the erection, the, the the civil works, and and the uh, all this uh, building of the plant and and the welding and everything which is necessary. This is done by other subcontractors, which are normally directly contracted by our clients. Okay. But do you also, so uh, kind of, are you also kind of the architect of the, of, of the, of the plant, let's uh, sort of say, so that you, that you also design the plant so that you, um, that you come up with, okay, this is, this is what is at, what it's actually going to look like. Yes. That's our basic part or that's one of our basic tasks during the concept and the basic engineering to, to do all the layout of the plant, how the plant will look like, which operational steps are in there, how are they technically and mechanically translated from the research and development department of the customer, how do you operate this plant later on, how is the safety concept of the plant, and, and where do you put all these different equipments in there? And how do you, 
how do you uh, put the, that the people get in the plant and that they get out the plant. So all these logistics concepts also of waste and the products and everything, this is done by us and our partners. Interesting, yeah. Now that you mentioned the word partner, uh, I uh, imagine that um, such a project, uh, right from the beginning, right from the start, you are you are working closely with uh, with your with your partners that are uh, actually executing the things that you develop, right? No, these are partners which also do the engineering from parts which which we don't have in house. For example, the oh. civil engineering, um, because our philosophy is to keep the know how and the lead of the project in house. But as soon as you go really into detail, you need a big mass of engineers. For example, for the large projects, we have about 150, 180 engineers in one project, but only for quite a short time, for a few months. And then the, the, the team is reduced again. And, and this, um, this, this uh, ramping up and reduction is done by... Uh, by the help of our partners. Yeah. Uh, that is really interesting because uh, that is uh, such a super, um, super niche kind of, uh, yeah, let's say business, so to say. And it also requires a lot of uh, collaboration between uh, so mm -hmm. many parties uh, that makes the whole thing uh, even more complex than it already is. That's uh, really, really interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. There are a lot of interfaces to manage. And a project, what is typical for a project that it can't be foreseen what happens throughout these two, three or four years until the plant is ready to be started up there. Because there can be defaults of suppliers, there can be difficulties in the process during the scale up uh, processes and everything. So there you experience a lot of, of difficulties throughout this planning, engineering and project management process where you have to react. So um, this is also what is so interesting for us as a company and for us as project managers and engineers that you know it's not sure you always have different uh, requirements you have challenges to manage and this makes our work very very interesting and yeah and and it's not always the same the same the same it's always a new challenge mm. yeah that's interesting to uh, maybe to throw to, to throw in some numbers here um, uh, how how big is your company in terms of uh, revenue um, and uh, let's say are you operating, uh, let's say, in a specific region, or is it worth? You said uh, twenty locations, uh, if I if I am uh, not mistaken. Mm -hmm, Twenty-seven. What what are other players? Maybe how big is this market that you are operating in? You know, I'm 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 responsible for the German part, and in Germany, the total volume of um, investment in of the total volume in engineering for capex projects is more than 1 billion euros per year okay. and all in all we have in vtu a turnover of more than 100 million 100 million euros mm -hmm. <clears throat> and this turnover is generated in the six countries i mentioned before the biggest one is austria germany switzerland italy and then romania and poland and these are the main, these are the countries where our main 
customers, our biggest customers are located. But you have to remember that a lot of these customers work internationally, uh, international companies. So we engineer a lot of plants which are engineered in Germany, but uh, erected somewhere else in Asia or, or in the, some Eastern countries in Russia or wherever. Okay, and uh, in that case, so if, if it's a plant, for example, for um, let's say Russia or India, do you, um, again, do you have a, do you work with your, let's say, uh, list of, of close partners that you usually work with? Or is it that then in this case, you uh, are working also with local companies there? For for these countries which are really really far away, like like India or also China, they also have a different um, um, regulation system. Mm -hmm. And for these projects, we work with packages. For example, we provide a basic engineering package, and with this basic engineering package, our client. Uh, uh, transfers this package to India and finishes the project then with a local partner. Yeah. So this is the business model of our clients there for these remote projects, for our German clients with these remote projects. Interesting. Um, well, I, I think that already gives a, a good overview. And uh, now kind of uh, let's dive deeper into uh, what our podcast ultimately is about, uh, which is um, yeah the entire spectrum of uh, digital technologies and, and how business is changing in, the, in that way. Um, and the, the good thing, obviously, is that uh, with you, uh, we have someone that uh, yeah kind of has been, as you said, you have been employee uh, number 11, so you have been there from almost the start. Um, and now you, uh, yeah, the company has a couple of hundred employees. So my first question in that sense would be then, how have you seen the company transform within, let's say, the last decades in regards to um, yeah, uh, these new digital technologies that have been coming up and, and all these yeah, uh, new topics, basically? How has your business imp uh, been impacted by that? Yeah, that our business has been impacted very, very much. So it's a completely different way of working than it has been uh, 25 or 30 years ago. I remember when I joined VTU, we, we had computers, but we didn't have a network and there was no internet then. <laughs> from, from the point of view uh, in 2020, yeah, it's, it's nearly not understandable that you could have lived without internet. Um, and Every, every every engineer had his own computer, maintained it, had his own documentation system. The documents looked differently and everything. So it was a complete different way of working. And right now we, we, we work integrated, we work with cloud systems. Of course, we have, we have internet uh, uh, where we use it very strongly. We have our intranet where we that, that we use very intensively and we use the new technologies to analyze plants, for example, and also to analyze our own company, the big data thing. We use new technologies like augmented reality or virtual reality. And even COVID-19 now, the corona crisis, has also brought in a new aspect and a new impact in the way of working the remote working, the working at home, 
with WebEx, with Zoom, with Teams or whatever, with all these um, uh, collaboration tools with different documentation systems where you have a, a central documentation. Um, so all these changes have resulted in a complete different way of working throughout the, the, the last 20 years. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. And um, how, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's a, a different phases in terms of, okay, different technologies coming in and, and it changes the way, a, uh, let's say, a company operates uh, or the operations change mm. because there's different tools and different ways of working, obviously. But is there also, let's say, now in the recent years um, of, of your core business model, is there also something that's been changing there or let's say new opportunities that you that you, that you guys are also kind of uh, spotting and where you say, okay, this is, you know, from our traditional uh, business where we guys are coming from, uh, there's also new, new opportunities that are, let's say, interesting for us as a company due to, let's say, digital technologies. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, we have the big advantage as process engineers that the basic physical processes, they remain the same. They don't change. So our basic business model in engineering plants is not that uh, uh, vulnerable to, to new influences than, for example, the IT industry. Because um, uh, a thermodynamical process, for example, a distillation column, it looked nearly the same a hundred years ago. And I'm pretty sure that the distillation column will look pretty the same made of steel a hundred years from now. Mm. So this is quite the continuous and, and, and steady, um, let's say basic basis we are working on. What is really different is what we do with the data which is produced. For example, these processes, which are developed right now, they can be monitored uh, and controlled much closer than it has been 20 to 30 years ago because you have much more accurate instruments, you have more instruments, you have different technologies, what you can do with the data which is produced, you can use in-process controls and you can, you can derive patterns how the whole plant behaves which is based on this big data, all the data which is de derived from the plant. And these are the technologies and the directions we are also um, entering as a company. For example, we have um, four internal um, uh, innovation projects running, which are mainly concentrated on tools, on integrating different software, but also on exploring new possibilities and new market niches where we could enter with our basic business. And one is this um, uh, big data analysis, production analysis um, for a better control and a higher quality of the products which are produced in the plants we are engineering. Okay. So would that, would that uh, mean that you would offer basically or is your idea there to offer kind of um, yeah analysis on on, on process related uh, plant related data to your customers? Exactly, this is already the case. Uh -huh. um, we have about twenty engineers in house which um, work with big data analysis. Okay, 
um, and also within process validation where all this data which is derived from the processes is interpreted and um, yeah brought back in a circle to the to a better control feed forward control of the plant interesting so uh, if you say 20 people uh, I mean this is uh, a lot of organizations that plan to yeah kind of yeah exploit more uh, more of the data that they have at hand and realize okay you know there's something that you can do with the data um, there's value in it maybe we can even um, yeah channel that to a to a new service offering um, it also means that you need to have the uh, according talent or the call it, uh, according knowledge also uh, mm -hmm. uh, within let's say within this uh, field. So, I mean, you have the domain knowledge, right? Uh, but I mean, uh, an, uh, uh, the analysis of data and applying different algorithms to it, for example, or yeah, I don't know, uh, building a machine learning model or uh, so, so to say these things, uh, that is a different story. So how, how did you go, uh, go about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a big challenge. The, the, yeah, the first step is always the, the strategy, which is based on how you, um, um, anticipate the future development of our market environment, of our customers and of ourselves. And then we develop the strategy and one part of our strategy focuses on these future businesses, these mega trends, which where, where there are a lot of institutes worldwide in the US and also in Europe, which try to identify these mega trends. And we also do that on, and on the basis of this analysis, we develop our strategy. And when we have the strategy, then we, we transfer the strategy into tactics where we, where we do our step-to-step -step goals from year to year. And one goal is to recruit the people which are able and capable of dealing with this upcoming tasks mm -hmm. and we, we, we recruit them from university we recruit them from the market and if you look at our homepage you can see all the different job offerings there this is also one one line where we um, yeah where we get our people and we are an attract we are an attractive employer and this is the reason why we are quite successful in recruiting the people we need yeah, interesting. Um, maybe maybe you can share some of uh, if, you, if you already talked about it. I mean, in terms of mega trends or certain technologies that are uh, really yeah changing uh, every industry that is um, that you can actually think of. Um, then maybe maybe you can maybe can, you can share some of some of the goals or yeah, let's say for the future that you guys. Uh, that you guys are working on towards that is maybe related to technology, something that you can, I mean, obviously can share, uh, but uh, mm. yeah, that you guys are working towards to that you haven't achieved yet or which is not status quo, but which is something that you, that you are working towards. Yeah. One, one mega trend, which we, which we see and which is very important for us is all, all compared, uh, co connected to digitalization. It's the internet of things, the commun communication of the plant itself, then the interpretation of the data, as we mentioned before. So this is one big mega trend. The next one will be augmented reality and virtual reality with uh, com uh, connected with a feed forward simulation of the plant that you are able to, um, yeah, to acknowledge changes for example, in product quality before they happen. 
Mm-hmm. That, you, that you can all, uh, already um, act and counteract before these changes happen so that you still have a good quality. Then one megatrend is the biotechnological. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the substitution of chemical processes with biotechnological and enzymatic processes, which yeah. is also um, a, a very huge trend right now to to get rid of the of the of the how do you say the petroleum chemistry which is still very dominant so nearly all plastics or whatever you need in a daily life are derived from petroleum i think about 98 percent. but there are already a lot of substitution processes there which will come to market throughout the next 10 20 30 years Now, this will be one big mega trend as the biotechnology, biotechnology as one part of the whole green chemistry approach. So this, this is one. Another one is maybe a little bit more in, in the technical detail. It's, it's all this 3D, three-dimensional printing. Okay. You know, so this could also facilitate the erection and the maintenance of the plant. For example, if you could print the gaskets you need directly at the site and, and not have to produce them somewhere and ship them somewhere and then to, to, to implement them somewhere so that you just could print them on site. So this could also be um, a technology which could really change the way of how plants are erected. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, uh, the, the branches that you guys are focusing on is more or less in these, yeah, um, in, in biotechnology, pharma, pharmaceuticals, uh, chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, how do you see, I mean, um, yeah, as, 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 a, as a CEO as well, I mean, how do you, how do you see these industries compared to, Yeah, maybe, maybe other industries such uh, which are totally different from that. Maybe yeah, um, fast-moving consumer goods, or I don't know, like the automotive industry. So to say, how do you see um, the yeah the transformation, or not the transformation, but the um, the impact of, of technology? How do you see that coming in there in terms of speed? So how fast do you see changes? happening because you know oftentimes there's a there's a lot of let's say anticipation in terms of okay you know there's a lot a lot of stuff coming a lot of things are going to change but then again people overestimate sort of say how how long things take right mm-hmm. especially the more complex a certain industry is right the 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 harder it is obviously to disrupt or to come with you know completely radical approaches mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I, I personally believe that these changes we are talking about will, will, will last, uh, will endure at least 10 to 20 to 30 years because the, the, the industry, especially in Europe or in Germany, which is quite huge, has invested a lot of money during the last years and it takes time to change. It's like a big, a big ship on the ocean. And if you want to change your course, you have to have, you have to use a lot of effort concerning new technologies and everything. And the second part uh, dimension, which is very important is the regulatory aspect. 
So especially uh, if you address the new technologies and these new ab uh, possibilities, for example, the, how do you say this, this uh, the energy plants, which produce energy by wind the, uh, in, in the offshore plants and everything. Such developments are only possible if there are is if there is regulative support by the local state or the, or the countries. Yep. Um, and this is very, very important because there are lobby groups which try to keep to, to keep the, the current state as long as possible because change costs money. Right. Um, and there it's, it's, it's really the task of the country, of the state, that he creates the framework that these new technologies can develop via startups and everything. And, and I, I think that this is one of the main, um, how do you say, triggers where you can accelerate or where you can reduce or where you reduce the speed of this development. Yeah, interesting. Um, how would you, if we, there's, I mean, obviously different types of companies, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I mean, I personally mostly deal with um, the both extremes. So either, either really, let's say radical young companies, so startups, mm -hmm. or the really, let's say big ones, right? The big corporates. Um, but from your, from your perspective, right, from your company, how do you see the role of, of, uh, of a company such as VTU um, in this, let's say, if we are talking about a, a, yeah, um, a transformational process that takes a lot of time, no matter what the industry is, right? Um, if you take, for example, the, the chemical industry or whatever industry that is, and each industry will have big, will big corporate players, right? We have the big names, mm -hmm. and we have the disruptors, so the startups, right? What is, how, how do you see the role of your company? In, in, in that spectrum. We, we as VTU, we integrate both views because on one side, we have been a startup a long time with 10, 20, 30, 40 employees. Then we have an own process development in-house. So we work on a very small scale, very innovative, very creative. And on the other side are our clients, which are huge multinational companies which are the, the complete opposite in the philosophy. And we work in between those two yin and yang, these two different uh, types and these, these different dimensions. And what we can bring, uh, we can add value is by quickly creating new ideas because we know what is the state of the art but also what is the state of de development, which is um, about 10 years ahead of the state of the art. Right. You know? And so we can put in new ideas and give an, give an input in the development of new processes for our bigger clients, which, which are um, in their big structures where maybe it's not possible to be that flexible. And we can be the partner for our, for our, for, for these huge corporates, the partner, which can bring in the new ideas that our corporate clients, that they can change their processes and improve their processes and earn more money. 
True, true. Um, so maybe to kind of um, delve into a last, last question on um, mm -hmm. what is, we used to ask this question and I haven't asked it for, for, for a longer time now, but um, it is actually quite an interesting question. But it, and uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot here uh, <laughs> without any preparation. But uh, what is one, one thing or uh, one prediction basically that uh, you personally have made or uh, that you have in your head? So a thing or a, uh, yeah, a thing that you believe will happen it, it can be uh, can be within your industry or within let's say a specific industry or for your yeah something that you thought about that will that you believe will happen in a certain time frame so kind of make a prediction um in regards to uh yeah something that you have thought about you mean in the past or at the state at the current state at the current state mm, at the current state so if you if you take the recent development um by by and the influence of corona and the impact of corona on the industry on the world economy as a whole i believe that there's a lot of rethinking of current processes ongoing and this will lead on one hand to uh, to a further investment of in in new plants in europe which have been developed for 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 the eastern for, for china or whatever in the in the past but they will return to europe and the first signs of this can already be seen especially concerning uh, antibiotics you know uh, nearly all antibiotics were, were, have been produced in china and now there are plans to bring the, some of these plants back to europe so i think that in the near future we will see um, a, move, um, a movement back to Europe, maybe as a more local thinking than a more global thinking. Um, a, a still a reduction of all the, the travel, the traveling and everything. So the impact on the on on the airlines and also on hotels and so on and so on will be quite huge throughout the next years. So I believe that in the next years we will see a big transformation of the economy in Europe. Okay, interesting. But you're uh, but you are positive. You're positive about it. So if, if it's a big shift, yeah, you think it's a positive shift. I am positive about it, for because of two reasons. One is the the for the climate, obviously. So we now we have really the chance the chance to change something, to really change something, and make a disruptive process happen. This is the first thing, and the second thing is every change has also um, um, an opportunity. So creates opportunities for new processes, for new business models. So I, I personally, I see this as a challenge, but with a lot of opportunities to develop a company into it. Right. Well, that is uh, positive is always good. <laughs> mm -hmm. that's, a, it's a, that's a good note to end this, uh, this episode. So thanks a lot for being on the show, Wolfram. It was a pleasure. Jonathan, thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you.